from the man who wrote the book on human behavior. A special edition Richard Flint podcast. Let's talk about it. Let's talk human behavior. Hey, welcome to Let's Talk Human Behavior. And this is a podcast that's dedicated to helping you understand how to manage your life when the terrain around your life is shifting. And I think we could say right now that the terrain around all of our lives is in the shifting mode. And you know, we know that life is actually about two things, the words we speak and the behaviors we implement. And the vast majority of the confusion we face in life occurs when these two are not in sync. And when this happens, the result is always a time of confusion uncertainty and misunderstanding. With this new abnormal playing havoc with our lives and our businesses, we really do need some calming guidance. Let me tell you something folks, never have I seen as much confusion, uncertainty and emotional paralyzing as I'm seeing today. This unwelcomed virus is leaving people lost in uncertainty. You know, the routine of their life has been interrupted. The design of their life has been ripped up. And many have been left struggling with the unknown. And the unknown in all areas of their life, I believe, and that was one of the reasons that I put this show together, is that human behavior is at the foundation of whom we are, what we do, and how we handle the times of unpredictable and uncontrollable moments in our life. And wanting to bring you some clarity in the midst of this insanity, I am reaching out to some of the brightest minds I know and asking them to share with you some tips designed to help you maintain your sanity during this abnormal time. You know what? Put any of us in a world where one minute we're moving forward and the next moment we have lost control and the result will be increased stress. This virus enemy has taken over control of our lives. Many need help handling their stress during this time where we can't control what's happening. So today I've asked one of the brightest business minds I know, Bob Greenwood, to join me and share with you some tips for maintaining your sanity during this abnormal time. And Bob, I am so honored to have you with us today and welcome to Let's Talk Human Behavior. Thank you, Richard. And you know what? Thank you for what you do. Um, you and I go back a long ways and we've had some great discussions over our life. And uh, I so appreciate what you're committed to doing, to helping people the way you do it. Thank you. Well, I remember one of the most memorable times I've had with you is when we were in Palm Springs and you wanted me to wear a Canadian hockey jersey. <laughs> and I refused to wear a Canadian hockey jersey. <laughs> and, and, you, and you know, Bob, a lot of the people who are listening to this do not know or understand who Bob Greenwood is. So would you take a moment and just share with people who you are, what you do, and why you do it? You know, I've, uh, I'm a business management consultant who 
as a personal business coach, and I specialize in the automotive aftermarket sector industry. And the aftermarket is the independent shops that repair your cars and the independent suppliers that sell them parts. Um, I have been in this business for 43 years now. I enjoy it immensely. There are so many great people in the aftermarket who run great businesses and struggle and want to do their best. And it's so rewarding to work with people that actually trust you and in the guidance you give them and then see them do it and um, get through it and start changing their businesses to where it should be. Um, they literally change their lives. And I'm just so pleased I didn't do it, but I'm pleased to be part of it. This industry is an amazing industry. Uh, it's diversified. Uh, you want to be a lawyer? You can be a lawyer in the aftermarket. You want to be an accountant? We need specialists in the, in the accounting industry. Whatever you want to be, the aftermarket provides it. So the diversity of personalities and people I have the privilege of meeting all across North America has just kept me going. Um, people say, why do you keep when are you going to retire? And I said, retire from what? <laughs> I love what I do. Why would I want to retire when you love what you do? So I'm very privileged and uh, had a great life with him. And uh, the, the friends and business acquaintances I know across North America at every level has really uh, kept me going. It's a very unique experience to be able to truly enjoy what you do every day. Yeah, you know, Bob, I get asked all the time, hey, Flint, when are you going to retire? And, and I tell people, retirement's a death trap. And why would you want to retire when every day you get up, you get up with purpose, you get up with a positive <clears throat> agenda, you get up with a commitment to help people. And I, I, I don't like the word retire. And if time ever comes when I'm not doing this anymore, all I'm going to do is change the pathway of my life. I'm never going to retire from helping people. And I think you probably understand that. Yeah. My father taught me that. He, uh, he actually worked until he was 85. And uh, he had to retire legally because uh, he was in a government position. <clears throat> but the fact is, uh, after he retired, uh, he only lasted basically three years after that uh, because he couldn't get up every morning and enjoy his passion and uh, i know you're exceptionally passionate what you do and i believe i have a tremendous passion for what i do and it makes all the difference in the world monday morning is okay <laughs> do you think most people are passionate about what they do uh, i have to say no um, and that's just through my experiences that i've seen and I challenge any client I take on. I said, do you really have a passion for this? And they kind of look at me a little strange and said, well, it's what I do. I said, no, do you have a passion for it? And I think they really have to do some self-searching there. What is my passion? So I help them find their passion within their business and they move to that position. But a lot of people don't think like that. They think of a job and making money. Do you think that a lot of times the fact that most people are not passionate about what they do, this creates a lot of the struggle and the challenge when something like this new abnormal we're going through hits them. And this new abnormal, <clears throat> what I'm seeing here and experiencing with people, 
this new abnormal is keeping people from adjusting and adapting to what they must be doing right now. Totally. And uh, I know you've experienced it and I've experienced the same thing as are my clients. Um, I normally travel North America. Travel has totally shut down. So I'm not traveling. So now I'm saying, oh, now I have to reinvent how I'm going to do things. I still have a passion for it, but now I've got to rethink it. How do I reach out to the industry, uh, to people, and still get the message across and still work with them? Well, now everything is moving into electronic. Um, I have various management classes I'm doing. We're moving those into online classes where I, instead of an eight-hour day, I do eight one-hour sessions over maybe eight weeks or four weeks, whatever the client wants. And by doing it that way, I'm reinventing, but I'm still contacting the people I want to meet. And I, I believe you're doing something very similar. Yeah, because this, this new abnormal is causing us to think differently. It's causing us to have to shake off, uh, shake off the routine that we have made as the comfortable platform for our life. And no one in our lives has ever been through this before. This is totally a new experience. Um, I don't mean to be negative. I'm trying to be logical and realistic. Um, I think by the time this is all done, in North America, uh, this could be worse than uh, the depression of the 20s and early 30s. The reason being is because, as you're pointing out, people are lost right now and they are starting to work emotionally versus logically and really slow down and think things through. Uh, that makes me nervous because uh, one thing I am really concerned about is the amount of mental health is going to be required and what uh, demand that's going to put on to our healthcare system. But we can get through this. It really is, but we just have to learn and slow down and think it through. Yeah, the challenge that I see right now is that people that I know that I have known who run businesses who, you know, they've got a creativeness to them, but that creativeness is only strong when they're in control. And when they're no longer in control, the cre creativeness that they have had in their life uh, seems to diminish a little bit. And now, rather than thinking their way through, they're sort of trying to feel they, their way through what they're doing. And anytime you try to feel your way through, uh, you become dangerous. Yeah. Totally agree. And this is why it's so important to have communication amongst your business peers who are in the same boat as you, uh, friends who are in the same situation communicate, discuss, and really open up and say, you know, here's how it's affecting me. How's it affecting you? And let's learn from one another. And your friends will support you. Your business peers will support you as you're supporting them by that talking and that understanding. That helps you mentally get through it versus just trying to be an island upon yourself. So this new era, this new norm that is developing, it's not fully developed yet, uh, is going to be challenging everyone. And as a business entrepreneur, a person who is creative, it's, it's going to challenge your creativity. 
but don't stop communicating. If anything, double the communication. It will help you and support you. You know, Bob, yesterday I did, uh, every Friday I'm doing a live uh, Zoom question and answer time with people where what I'm doing is we're, we're just opening up the mics and let people ask me questions uh, about what's going on in their life and how they're handling it. And one of the questions that was asked me yesterday, I want to put to you, and that is, how would you define the difference between responding and reacting? How would you see the difference? That's a good question. And uh, responding versus reacting. Uh, reacting to me is emotion. Uh, your emotions play up first. Responding is you've thought it through and you're thinking logically. Reacting is on the spot. This is how I feel. This is what I'm going to do. But you haven't thought it through. And in my mind, responding, I have thought it through and I've got a roadmap. Therefore, I'm not going to react. I will respond to the situation. So as you're, talking, as you're talking to some of your clients and some of the people that are reaching out to you, do you see that right now the tendency is to respond or react more to this new abnormal? Too many of them have reacted, and I've had to go into that discussion right off the get-go. We're going to think this through. We're going to respond properly, and it's going to be in detail. So don't react, respond, let's talk this out. And that's the first thing I have to address with each and every client because they were initially reacting. You know, the interesting thing about yesterday, you made a statement earlier that uh, in your lifetime and in my lifetime, uh, I've never seen anything like this. And the thing about life is, if I can go back into my library of yesterday and find a similar experience, then I've got a foundation on which to come from. But in our lives today, there's no file cabinet in yesterday with a file that deals with this new abnormal that we're going through. So in some ways, is my lack of experience a hindrance and in some ways a negative to what I'm dealing with right now? That's probably why all of us are getting stressed out and have gone through that moment because we didn't have any reference point. And that creates your emotional, oh, how am I going to deal with this? And then I start reacting. And it, when I don't have that library, uh, yeah, you've got a valid point there. This is new uh, and it's scary when you're trying to find a reference point that doesn't exist. And that is why I look at slowing down, communicating with my friends, communicating with my peers. Again, always remember, you're not alone. That's the important point to understand. Therefore, we all can address it properly. But you know, it's interesting when I, when I get sucked into the, the spider web of fear, uh, I, I'm there and I feel like I'm struggling all by myself. And the definition of fear, false evidence appearing real. When, you, when you're talking with uh, people right now, are there any consistent questions or concerns that they're bringing to you? 
right off the get-go, they're looking at their customer base and how, of course how it's dropped off and the effect. And this is why I'm really impressed by so many of them. They're thinking about their staff. What is their staff going through? And uh, that's where that open communication really helped them. Uh, a lot of staff are nervous. Uh, am I going to have a job? Um, how am I going to pay my bills? Um, their spouses at home are saying, you know, you've worked all day. Are you bringing this home to our family? And I was, I've always been impressed by how many clients started thinking about their staff first versus themselves. That to me shows that they've got great ethics. They've got great business principles and their future will be bright because they're thinking the right way first about others versus themselves right off the get-go. So do you think that this new abnormal is really challenging them? Uh, how do I say this? At their level of being able to control the environment around them that is out of their control? The way I look at it is that staff or employees think differently than employers. They are a different mindset. They want security. They want to be involved. They want the know-how, but they don't have all that. They're very good at their skill level they bring to the business, but it's up to management, the ownership, to bring them into the picture so that they can feel comfortable by ask, having them ask questions and you all discuss it together and, and you work through things together. And they are in a different level. So you, the owner, can bring comfort to them saying, you know, it's going to be okay. Here's what we're doing. Here's how we're gonna get through this. And we're gonna work this through together. And here's a big point is a lot of people are thinking what's gonna happen next month or two months or five months from now. The first thing I started right off the get-go five weeks ago, I said, we are not going to talk about months anymore. From here on in, we're going to take one day at a time, one week at a time, because I can guarantee you a week from now, it's going to be different again. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. One day, one week, and keep that communication open with your team. Do you think, Bob, that uh, right now in uh, that this new abnormal is really creating a separation definition between ownership and leadership. I mean, when things are good, many times we approach it as being the owner. And when the terrain is shifting, all of a sudden the emphasis needs to come off of being the owner to being the leader. So is this new abnormal giving a rise to the real need and strength of who is the owner really becoming the leader. Absolutely, and that, that is the key word you used, leadership. As a business owner, I own the business, so I control the business. But when I'm a leader, I make sure my entire team is moving forward as well. I am showing the leadership by setting the example of not panicking, by having open discussions, by answering questions honestly. I don't have every answer right now, but here's how I'm looking at it. What do you think? Leadership is getting people involved and understanding, yes, I wanna be part of your discussion because I like the way you're thinking about it. So can we explore that together? In this kind of pandemic, leadership has to come out. And this is where the true entrepreneurs excel. They are coming out and showing how good of a leader they are. 
The others are running into problems. And I'll bet you some of them have either closed their business because of it or lost staff because of it. So it's trying times, it's new times, but leadership is mandatory. Do you think that on the other side of this new abnormal, that there will be a redefinition of leadership? That's a tough question. I think there's going to have to be a, a definition of leadership and what was really involved to get through this. And that means I've got to go back and think about all the struggles I had coming through this pandemic, all the issues I had to address and how did I sort them out? So we may be redefining leadership. Um, I know in the past, uh, a lot of people think leadership is growing the business into multiple businesses and really you know, exploring. Um, I disagree now. I think leadership is really putting the compact individual business together to make a solid culture, key word, culture within the business that people really believe they have a career now versus a job. I have a job that for a paycheck. I have a career because I want to be involved. My opinions do count and the ownership recognizes that and I feel good about it, and I want this business to succeed. Leadership has been redefined. When I, uh, this morning, I did my uh, Facebook Live that I'm doing every morning, well, what I'm doing is I'm taking a word, and I'm tying that word to what we're going through right now. And this morning, my word was listening. And the first uh, thing that I think we have to listen for right now are the lessons that this is handing us. And do you think that one of the lessons that needs to come out of this is the lesson about, you know, the danger of a routine and what we're actually not prepared for in business? I think routine has to be redefined. Um, a routine is what the owner of the business does each and every day, but they haven't thought about their routine. One of the routines I've discussed with every client is what is your grade of discussion, level of discussion with your current customer base? Do you really understand their situation to the point where you can think outside of the box and adapt the business to help them? How can you adapt your business to help your customer base? That's a whole different routine it's a whole different level of thinking. But it is changing, Richard. Yeah. You know, another one of the questions that was thrown out yesterday on our live uh, Zoom chat is, is there a difference between adapting and adjusting? Yeah. Adapting is adapting to a situation that maybe you don't have control on or adapting to a situation that you perceive you understand it. Adjusting to me is you're adjusting to a new reality. You've thought it through. And I sound like a broken record, but to think things through versus working on emotion is so critical today. You gotta take that time and think it through. That's why we only do one week at a time because every week we're going to adjust. Because the, the thing that right now, I mean, I see, to me, the two greatest causes of stress in the human life 
are the unpredictable, where the rug is pulled out from under us and without our permission, and the uncontrollable, where at a point in my life, I was able to control the direction. But when the control is taken away from me, then what happens is it, it spirals me into a world of the unknown because I'm not prepared for it and I haven't really thought about it, which then strengthens the uncertainty in and around my life. Uh, but you just said, I haven't thought about it. And you're a business person, I'm a business person, and everybody listening to this has a certain strong degree of control of what they do. I've had to adapt. You've had to adapt, but we had to think it through. What do we have to do so we can maintain that control? I don't need the rug pulled out from under me because if that rug's pulled out from under me, I could technically go bankrupt as a business owner. Well, I've got to maintain that control, but that's why I've got to think it through. And that's my message that I, I keep repeating to every client every time we talk about, are we thinking this through? Let's talk about this and lay out the groundwork, lay out the roadmap to get to the next level, the next issue. Yeah. Do you think, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, uh, uh, do you think that in reality, in order to move forward, the first thing I need to do is know where I need to adapt. And then once I understand that, that provides the roadmap to making the adjustments I need to make. Absolutely. Sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Makes total sense. You have to adapt. You know what? My concern is this, is if you don't have a relationship with your a business coach or a peer that you totally respect, um, how do you find your roadmap when you haven't got outside opinions who see things about you or your business very clearly and offering them and they're offering you solutions or opinions that help you understand. That's how I have to adapt. I never thought about that. And when you're thinking, I never thought about that, that's because you never got outside opinions about the same situation that you're in. What I'm finding right now, Bob, too, is that a lot of the people that are coming to me, especially a lot of my, uh, my mentoring clients that I have right now, uh, they're coming, and we talked a little bit about this, but they're coming to me out of a foundation of fear yeah. rather than out of a foundation of confidence. And uh, this, to me, if I'm coming out of fear, I'm reacting. If I'm coming out of confidence, then I'm prepared to respond. Right. And, you know, they're coming to you because of the respect they have for you and the confidence they have in your opinions. And uh, I think that's important. But you're, you would be pointing out to them the roadmap that they can take and get on over time. And just, I, I know how you counsel. And that's why I respect exactly what you do and how you do it. Eh? You are moving a person forward all the time by asking the right questions. One of the things I asked you when we talked about you coming on with me and sharing with our people is to put together some tips, ideas, uh, that you think would help people maintain their sanity in the midst of this time of this new abnormal. So 
if if you were talking to me, you know, and I asked you, help me, give me some ideas, uh, what would you tell me? The first thing we do is take a really deep breath and slow right down. Your mind is racing right now. You're in turmoil. You're, you just aren't thinking about one or two things. You're trying to think about 10 things and it's racing. And that's probably why you can't sleep at night. So let's just slow down. That emotional thinking is going to create a tremendous amount of stress. So now we want to think logically, but one point at a time, not 10. And, you know, I've always counseled clients to only change two things at a time, not five or six, just two. And we'll take our time and make sure they're in place. But you've got to slow that mind down. So that's point number one. Okay. And let me stop you here for a second. Yeah. Uh, that is really easy for us to say, slow down. Yeah. But how do I do that when I, <laughs> I am a personality that is a driver and I'm used to being in control and I set this, I set the pace and the speed. And now all of a sudden you come go, Richard, Richard, put the brakes on. Slow down. We're going to spend some time together, Richard. <laughs> We're going to talk this out. <laughs> so yeah, you're going to listen and you're going to ask questions. And so am I. And to get you to slow down, I've got to address certain points with you and get through all these points. And by the time we get through these points, you will start to slow down. And it's not going to happen overnight. Okay. As I say, we take one day, one week at a time. But if we start this process a week from now, you could be thinking totally different and stay in control of yourself. Okay. Now, is this the same type of conversation? If I'm a business owner, I Absolutely. need to have with my employees. Absolutely. Absolutely. There is your leadership. You're the leader of your team. So you see the issue and you're addressing it with your team by having that conversation. So my taking that deep breath and slowing down can help me keep the environment, the work environment, calm, focused, and productive. Correct. And your actions are well noted by the team. So you're not talking about it. You're actually doing it. And uh, actions don't lie. You can talk all you want, but your actions tell everything. Uh, that's my three little words. Behavior never lies. Yes. What's that's the second tip? That you asking questions uh, with your peers and don't be afraid to have a personal conversation if you respect the person you're having a discussion with you know you can open up and that's what your friends do in business that's what the peers do that you totally respect because you've got a good personal relationship you understand their situation clearly they understand you and you can have that open conversation so asking questions and listening is so important to moving forward because I don't have all the answers, neither do you. But by talking things out, we can see how the situation can fit together to start creating that path that makes a lot of sense, the logic of it. Do you think, do you think Bob, that sometimes what happens is that if I'm living from my emotions up and not my mind down, uh, I ask questions but I really don't want to listen uh, because my emotions are driving the questions, not my mind's desire to understand. Are you saying you don't want to hear the right answer? <laughs> How about truth? Yeah. I don't want to hear the truth. Um, 
but then again, that's that's your relationship you have uh, with the person you're having a discussion with. Yeah, tell me as it is. Okay, please be honest with me. What's the third tip? Take time for yourself. Um, you know, it's easy to be in a situation where you're captured all day in business, in your business, and you're, you know, you're going through things and you, and you get yourself worked up. So I'm not trying to be selfish here, but I've got to take time for myself. And one of the neatest things you can do is about every three, three and a half hours, go out and have a brisk walk. Keep your physical distance from everybody. That's not the purpose of it, but have a brisk walk. And as you're walking for those 15, 20 minutes, start thinking about things you've had funny experiences with in your life. It might be two days ago, two years ago. It might even be when in your childhood that was funny and today you still remember it. And having a bit of laughter in your mind does so much good to your physical well-being. It also helps you keep abreast of things so that when you're coming back into a negative world, you know what? Not everything is negative. I see opportunity here. Oh, and is there a funny circumstance that took place? Uh, even in a negative world, you might be able to find it. When you go home, have those conversations. Say, Here's what I learned today. What did you learn today? Keep that communication going. But also get the family involved with your spouse. Go out for a walk at night. Make it a brisk walk, though. Okay, we have a puppy dog, too. But when we go for a walk, we don't do that one with the puppy dog because the puppy dog always wants to stop. So you, you go out first, have a brisk walk, think, talk positively, find humor, laugh, and then come home. Is it possible so, that, uh, is it possible in taking that brisk walk that what I'm doing is I'm I'm actually calming the voices uh, or the noise yeah. in my life? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, when you find humor in things and you're thinking back to the other days that were funny and that type of thing, you are calming yourself down. And uh, I find laughter is one of the best medicines you can embrace. Uh, but you've got to think it. And that's why that walk can offer you so much opportunity physically. The, the walk is good. The fresh air is good. Now you're working on your mind as you're walking. Try it out. Just try it out for a week. Just a week. <laughs> See what happens. What's, uh, what's your fourth tip? Believe in yourself. You know, it's so easy to get down on yourself during times like this because you're thinking, I don't have all the answers. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to panic. No, you do have the answers. You've gotten this far in your life that you were able to get through other crises in your life and you did get through them, whatever they may be. So you do have the knowledge. So now you brace that knowledge and step it out. What, what new things do I have to learn? I can learn anything when I apply my mind to it. And I know all of you are like that. You think of the worst situation you've ever had in your life and you got through it. Believe in yourself. You can get through this. No doubt about it. Slow down. You know, uh, to me, uh, the foundation that people, and this is just me, but I believe that people live with one of two foundations to their life. One foundation is based in my belief, my trust, and my faith. And the other foundation is based in my doubt, my worry, and my uncertainty. And that if I'm going to believe in me, I've got to trust me and have faith in myself 
and in my ability to, to create greater strength in the midst of the changing in the terrain. You got this far in life. You've done some great things. So you can do it. You can do it. What's our fifth tip? The final one um, I learned, I'm going to read it. It's a formula. And uh, I got this from an article that Steve Blank wrote. And Steve is a, uh, an adjunct professor at uh, Stanford University. I'd like to read it to you. He called it survival as a formula. Survival. The speed of your understanding of a situation times the magnitude of your lifeboat decisions uh, times the speed of your time to make those changes. And he points out, notice speed is in two of the equations. So you've got to use it and then put it into place. You can't sit there and dwell on it for a month, two months, you gotta put it into place. So the speed of your decisions is very important. But by using that formula, the first one is understanding the situation clearly. And that's what we've talked about here this morning. We are talking about slowing down and thinking it through. Have that roadmap plan. And then look at your choices that you have. And there are always choices. So you want the right choice and then implement it. Sitting on something, just, just think about it forever, does not work. It just doesn't work. I like that because one of the words that I think that we've got to make people more aware of right now uh, is the word pace. What is the speed of your life? And if my, if I, my speed is too fast, uh, my decisions lack clarity. And if they lack clarity, then this, my decisions are about confusion that many times I'm going to have to come back and clean up. And what are my priorities right now in my life? Where do I need to put my energy? Because you and I only have so much energy right. and I can wear myself out in the wrong place. And one of the few words that we've got to get rid of are, this is the way I've always done it got to get rid of those words because you know what it doesn't work this is a new reality so we have to think it through don't ever use those words this is the way we've always done it you know uh as we pull all of this together and i i really 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 appreciate you taking your time uh, bob is out in british columbia in canada one of the most beautiful places i think on the face of this earth uh, as we pull all this together, my last question to you is just really this. What do you hope this looks like when we get to the other side? Oh, that's a good question, Richard. I'm hoping that first society has changed and we start appreciating each other versus being so self-centered. Um, I think the physical distant distancing from each other, uh, has taught us that somebody else is out there. Uh, we are missing our families, we're missing our friends because in Canada here, we are staying home. And I know a number of you in the various states are definitely staying home. So I'm hoping that together we're realizing, you know what? Having friends and having families and spending time together is important. 
my kids taught me something and they're millennials and they said dad your generation grandma and granddad their generation they grew up with the attitude i live to work dad that's not in our formula we work to live so we're going to have a life outside of our work outside of our profession we're just not going to work six seven days a week like so many in your generation do we want a life and they are experiencing something that of course they haven't been through and they're looking at this social distancing and this staying inside is a real lesson for them of how they truly believe in their friends and miss their friends the physical togetherness that they had now they're doing it by virtual but it's just not the same and they're realizing that i'm hoping we all come out of this as better human beings and saying you know what generations are changing we have to change and let's appreciate what we have and appreciate who is around us that we enjoy and love if uh someone who's watching uh this episode uh, would like to reach out to you. How can they find you? How can they reach you? They can email me, greenwood at aaec, apple, apple, edward, charlie, dot ca. Or if they wanted to talk with me, they can reach me toll free in North America at 1 800 267 5497. We'll be sure we put this information up. So if people want to reach out to you, um, let them have the information to do this. I can't begin to thank you enough for taking time uh, this morning to uh, spend this time with me and to share with people because I think right now people are looking for guidance. And I think guidance right now is more important than answers. Richard, I appreciate you asking me to be part of this. Uh, it's a privilege for me to speak with you and have conversations. As I said, we go back a long way. <clears throat> but the fact is, is that what you're doing is so positive for people. And uh, you're one of the few in North America, let me say it this way, that get it. Thank you. I appreciate it, my friend. And thank you for joining us for this portion of Let's Talk Human Behavior. And we're going to be doing some more of these podcasts where we're talking to people who can bring us insights that will help us manage the changing terrain. So I'll see you next time. Thank you.